Thank you for listening to the Caleb Hires Podcast. I'm here to help you win the war for love. If you're new here, subscribe or check out my website, calebhires.com, for more resources. In this final part of my conversation with Mike Rosas, Mike kicks it off talking about how we have to give the next generation a war to fight, a cause to rally around. We also talk about giving them a safe place to take risks and so much more. I know this will bless you, so listen to the whole thing. He releases an amazing prayer at the end. Listen to it all. Thanks for being here. And, uh, and one of the greatest pictures of this, and I pray you see my heart in this, um, in, uh, in, uh, in, 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 in the second part of Batman, uh, where, where Joker and Two-Face is in it, right? Two-Face had just had this car accident, and he's in the hospital, and Joker comes, and he puts this gun in Two-Face's hands, and he was like, what do you want me to do with this? And he goes, just cause a little chaos. And so for myself, what my heart is, what I believe the older generation, we need to put weapons in their hands Come and move to the kingdom of darkness and say, just cause a little chaos. Go, go into your school with a Bible. Go into your school and preach during lunch. Oh, well, I don't know that much. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's no other way to the Father by him. Go and, and, and change a school. Change your friends, right? Turn a community upside down. And this is the generation that's going to do that. Come on, that's so good. You talk about giving them a war to fight, right? Mm-hmm. Ra- giving them a cause to bear and not to let them be rebels without a cause or to let sure. the enemy give them the cause, right? Because he will. He will. And, and because they were created to fight. This is a revolutionary generation. And so we have to understand that. So we see that in the Old Testament, right? Moses, this deliverer comes up and, and, and uh, Pharaoh tries to kill all the children under two. But here's what happens. Moses is intrinsically a, 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 a person who's going to bring freedom. He yeah. is a person that is called for it. That's all he can do. So what does he do? The first time he has an opportunity and, and he, sees, uh, he sees an Egyptian doing wrong to an Israelite, he kills the Egyptian. If we don't, if we don't give them a war, wow. or if we don't lead them to this space, they will find a war because that is intrinsically how they are created, and that is what they are magnetized to. Wow, wow! What an example of Moses, and he's a deliverer, he's a rescuer, right? He's a picture of 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 that, and and without that proper battle, without the pure battle, he goes to the the perverted one. That's right. amazing. And I, I just to underscore what you're saying, I always say to my church this way, that there's a pure version to every perversion. Mm, so good. So instead of getting mad about people walking in perversion, why don't you ask the Lord what the pure version is and call him to it? Because that's what they really yes. want. You know, there's a perversion uh, of, of love, but there's a pure version of love. There's a perversion of, you know, whatever creativity. Right? But there's a pure version because the enemy can't create. He can only pervert. And right. so n- calling them to that instead of getting so mad about the perversion, like even Paul said, don't even judge the world. Like it's not their fault. Like you're judging the world. Judge the church. Yeah. Right? Like where are you at? Judgment starts in the house of God. Like why are you not calling them to the higher thing in a way that actually, you know, connects with them and, and sees them as those revolutionaries, as those creators? I love it. And I love seeing your passion come out in this mic as you're talking uh don't shut it down bro like let it flow <laughs> like that picture of like you, you don't need to know everything just know this jesus is the way the truth of life go give them a cause to fight give them a war to win that was i can say that's what happened to me hmm. i'm not gen z i'm not whatever i'm but i'm uh older ish millennial i don't even know where the millennial <laughs> is it's confusing but 
I can say you talked about internship earlier. You talked about that mentoring person. I had a youth pastor. He's still my pastor. His name's Billy yeah. Balot. All right. He's been walking with me for years. And since I was 14 years old, I came into the youth group and I, I was learning guitar and I wanted to play guitar so bad because my older brother had a guitar. And so my dad got me a guitar and it's like that artist thing. Right. But beyond the artist thing, it was like a, I needed a, a place to put it. That's the war to fight, the cause to go. So like, oh, place to, in my mind, as I'm hearing you, there's that war, there's the creativity bent, the revolutionary, the changer. I'm a change agent. Now give me something to change. Right. right? So my youth pastor saw that and he heard I was playing guitar. And within two weeks of me uh, playing guitar, I could not, I sucked at guitar. Okay. <laughs> he brought me on stage and we played together because he played guitar. Wow. So he would lead the songs and sing for worship on youth group and I would play with him and I made it sound horrible. I made it sound so bad, right? But something ignited in me and I got really good really fast because Billy's going to ask me to play on Wednesday again. And so I leaned into that thing and I started playing four hours a day. I became a guitar teacher. Uh, I've been I've been on tour around the United States. I've released multiple records. My artistic flow is, is absolutely originated there with an older generation believing in me and giving me a cause to fight. And I wasn't at any parties in high school. I wasn't at any of those things. I wasn't doing that because I was either playing a gig somewhere or teaching guitar, making money. And and people would, instead before they went to their party or instead of going to the party, they'd come to my show and I played rock and roll music and I, we would preach the gospel from the stage. So like that was my war to fight that my creativity got leveraged for. And it's from that internship a relationship I had with that youth pastor. So the influence here can't be understated. Yeah, that well, one he raised the standard for you and, and you leaned into that. Exactly. But if he hadn't, I mean, I could have, I could be on tour right now, drugged out somewhere. Well, you you, you would have found something else, 100%. Exactly. So I've, I just seen it in my own life, exactly what you're saying, you know? So I, I absolutely, absolutely love this. And I know, so okay. you had I, I, I think you brought up a very, very crucial point. Um, Jesus with the demonic of gatherings, right? Jesus frees him. And then he says, hey, let me follow you. And and Jesus does something which, um, because I know he's Jesus, he's ultimately better than me at every single thing <laughs> imaginable. He's better at PlayStation than me, and he's never yes. played it. Right? Uh, so, um, and so Jesus says, no, go back and preach in your city. Now, hold on. Time out, flag on the play, hang on, Jesus. Like this man was in chains, butt naked, cutting himself, filled with a legion of demons. And what do you mean? Like, and so I think there's this aspect where we have to take chances. Mm. Oh, but but the Sunday morning service isn't gonna look perfect. Who cares? Because at the end of the day, if I can if I can connect with the kingdom, right? If I can sow to the heavens, God will reap to the earth. Come so if on. I'm doing if I'm doing what puts a smile on his face, at the end of the day, who cares? And so we have to take chances. We have to give safe places for them to come and to take a chance and to fail because they will fail. But we want it to be in the house of God where they're still celebrated. I sang at a talent show and I'm, a, I can't, I don't have a bone in my body that, that's musical. <laughs> but I, I sang at my talent show and it was the worst thing I'd ever heard in my life. And I, I got a standing ovation. Why? Because they loved me. I was, I was garbage, <laughs> but they loved me. And so, and so I think there's this aspect and, and hear me church for those of you who are listening. The people that are in darkness are going to do dark things. I challenge you to read Psalms 82. I've been preaching out of that for over a decade. People that are in darkness, they, they have no foundation. They're going to fall because they have no foundation. 
Um, and But when they come into the house, let us love them, let us disciple them, and let us empower them. Well, and I, I don't mean have them pastor a church. What I mean is put the weapon in their hands that they have a powerful testimony and let's challenge them to share it. Let's take them along rides with us. Let's take them as we minister at other churches. Let's take those that the, that many would say, oh, the publicans and the, and the sinners, let, let's take them alongside with us and let's allow the light of God to light up their darkness rather than being afraid that their darkness is going to overcome our light. Come on, I love that. Roll it back for me. You just dropped a major <laughs> revelation bomb. If I sow into heaven, God will reap on the earth. So it, it's so that it's, so that principle is is a is a is a it's from a book called Glory from Ruth Ward Heflin. Okay. And so she had this aspect where if they praised and they worship, that they would minister to God and God would come and minister back to the earth. Wow. And so 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 what happens? Is a lot of times we want to create a church for the for the for the newcomer. The church isn't for the newcomer. The church is for the father, for us as a family to around on him. And let me tell you, the newcomer will find what they're looking for. The person that has never never heard God, right? Skeptics are welcome because in the heart of the father, they become sons and daughters. Come on, Mike. And so bring them from uh, from from the from the highways and, and the byways. Bring them in. From the grag houses, bring them in. The father will make room for them. Come on. That's so good. And the environment requires risk. That it environment does. requires risk. I Oh, my gosh. I love what you're saying because I was in a church uh, planting conference a few years ago before I planted my church. And I was there because I was gifted to go there. I wouldn't have chosen it, but I was there. Um, and um, just what you're saying is so vital. And I just had this moment. Uh, where they're saying you can either gather for the lost or you can gather for the found, uh, but you can't do both. And I raised my hand and said, can we gather for the father? <laughs> yes. uh, and the room went silent and I had to back it up because I felt so bad. I didn't mean to put him on blast, but I did. <laughs> but it's you true. Know, it's true. so true. But I wasn't trying to embarrass the guy, but, right. you know, but it did. And so I said, because I just, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. Like, I don't know where to put myself. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, that's fair. Da, da, da. So that environment of risk where you say it's about the father, it's about Jesus, the presence focused people. And he does the heavy lifting. That's where we, our church, yeah. the resting place exists for the lost to be found, the found to be free and peace to reign in our city. We know all of that is accomplished by Christ himself. Right. All of it. So if we host him, he'll do it. The lost will get found. The found will get free. Peace will reign because he's the Prince of peace. He knows what he's doing. And I, I just have to testify again uh, I didn't even think we were going to go into this, but this is awesome. And I'm seeing my own life, how this these mm -hmm. principles have worked out. So I know you don't mind the testimony. <laughs> I love them. So, yeah, I love them. I could, I mean, I would have been that guy on the highway, the, the people you're getting choked up about. The the I would have been that washed out, druggy musician. I would have, absolutely. I was, in fact, rescued from that by the Lord, but that's another story. Um, but it was the foundation was laid by my youth pastor. I mean, that guy, he he didn't just ask me to lead worship. He asked me, what kind of guitar amp should we get? Could you go do some you know, research? And then he let me pick. He drove me to Guitar Center. And we're talking about guitars all the way there. We're talking about amps. And he's letting me explain the difference between a tube amp and a, a, a standard <laughs> amp. And like, why? And I upsold him on the tube amp. And he bought the, with the judgment, the nice tube amp, right? And Nobody knew how to use that properly. It was way overkill. So maybe not the best use of church funds, but it was the best use of my heart. And yes. seeing that as 
worth the cost. So he took me, we did that. And there was this one, uh, you're talking about like, maybe it won't look right on Sunday morning or whatever. Um, I did start playing on Sunday morning, but this, this uh, example was on Wednesday night where this, this solidified in me the beauty of empowerment for others, no matter the risk. So uh, I don't know, you said you don't have a musical bone in your body, but do you know what a capo is? Yes, yeah, yeah. A capo on a guitar. So, um, and if you don't know, a capo basically just makes this, the strings at a higher pitch so you can play the same shape higher. It can change the key. So if the capo's not in the right place, it's going to sound very bad. Um, and so I start this song on Wednesday night and I'm the only instrument playing and I'm just playing the, the beginning. The band doesn't come in till like the chorus and I'm just playing with my guitar and I'm singing my heart out, hit the chorus. And it sounds like a train wreck. It's <laughs> awful because my capo is a half step off. If you know anything about music, that's yeah. like the worst being, <laughs> being just barely off is way worse than being really off. Right. It's like this chalkboard, like imagine nails on a chalkboard. It was so bad. And I realized what happened. And in that moment, there was something so secure in me for the years of being with Brother Billy that I didn't get ashamed. I didn't get condemned. I just went, hey, hold on, everybody. Hold on, hold on. I was like, stop, 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 stop. I'm so sorry. This is totally my fault. I put the capo in the wrong place. Let me move this real quick. Let's try again. Let's try again. Cool. And everybody has a good laugh or whatever. And we play. And, you know, you could say, oh, that ruined that. That grieved the Holy Spirit or that, you know, lost the presence or whatever. Brother Billy gets up there at the end and he says, what just happened is a beautiful, teachable, beautiful teaching moment. This is a teachable moment. Caleb could have very easily, without any of us knowing, blamed everybody else for his mistake. Wow. He owned it and he brought it out into the light. And because of that, did you guys feel the, the joy in the room? Did you feel how the Lord like met us there? And I'm sitting there in the front row like, <laughs> like, <laughs> dude. and for me that was the essence of empowerment right there like he wasn't afraid of the mess or the bad sounding music he was afraid of me not being fulfilled and empowered in my grace gift that god gave me in a way that i would carry it to the lord to minister to him that's what his concern was for my long term he's been doing that for me for years so that risk environment of like well what if you know we bring in a homeless guy and they smell they're gonna like, yeah. but do they need Jesus? Like, what if I bring in somebody and they, I've had hecklers cuss at me from the back row. I have from our, oh, yeah. and I, I talked right back to him. Like, Hey man, it's all good. Like, let me try again. And like, <laughs> seriously, like we having that uh, environment of like the beauty of God, like God plants a garden. He doesn't plant a, a concrete city like we think a city on a hill i think the city on a hill new jerusalem is going to freak a lot of people out because it's going to be a lot more messy than they want it to be right? yeah you know there's a random pool right there and it doesn't make sense but if you look at it from here it's so beautiful and it's orchestrated that's what i hear you saying and i'm sorry to to take so much of the time no no no, no. that's so rich because we have to understand that you know we as a church the world is barely catching up to that truth they're saying on, on now on tiktok on instagram with reels that um, that you have a a higher viewing time if there are imperfections in the video. People are tired of the perfectly manicured, and so Come when on. you have something where the light is off or it's just you with a cell phone, people buy into the authenticity of that. And so I, I love you know I, I love the chosen their their whole you know retelling of of Jesus. It's this aspect where it wasn't so perfect and so manicured that a lot of times we try to connect the dots in our head. And so I think there's this aspect of church where it's going back to that space of not just having a 60-minute service, of, of, of doing whatever it takes 
so that the presence of God comes down and then lives are changed mm. and totally transformed. Yeah, you know, totally transformed. And so it's like it's this place where, you know, I, I, you know, early in the 2000s or whatever, you know, uh, Starbucks became the third place. And so um, so the church tried to become Starbucks, you know, and, and then people started going to clubs. And so the church started to try to be a club. And so we, we keep trying to be subculture when God has called us to be counterculture. And, mm. and, and until we embrace that, we will never embrace our um, our, our heavenly DNA. And so there's something where we have to be okay with the with the imperfect, um, because it because I feel like if you look at my life, God has been very very gracious with the imperfect. <laughs> He's been very patient and long suffering. Same, <laughs> yes. same, absolutely. That's so good. And I think that the the even the paradigm, and this might be a little off topic, but the paradigm of like what is holy, right? Like what is holiness, and that holiness is perfection. Um, that holiness is is no mistakes and like unto the Lord, do everything with excellence as unto the Lord, Colossians 3.23, you know, all that stuff. And we kind of, I, I just know from experience and being in church planning circles and church leadership circles, that's the justification for not putting someone up there who really doesn't do it all the way well, or or right. that's the justification for putting someone with more skill in front of the, the one with more heart or whatever. And so I know that's complicated and I'm not trying to give anyone a plan, a game plan here, but the essence of the heart of the father is that all would come to repentance. So if, if you have a, an avenue and they're passionate about it, man, I love what Craig Groeschel, uh says about this a leader of, uh, is it life church or whatever big church? Yeah. Uh, he says, if somebody can do it 75% as well as you with momentum, give it to them right now. Yeah. He said, if, or I'm sorry, 75% as well as you give it to them right now. That's what he said. And then he says, if you, they can do it 50% as well as you with momentum, Give it to him right now. <laughs> That's good. And I'm like, this dude leads the large, one of the largest churches. I mean, and there are people plugged in everywhere. So there's something to that element, right? Of 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 seeing that empowerment. So anyway, I want to. I think there's a brilliance in that. You know, I talk about the storyteller book. It's this whole aspect of uh, you know, First uh, Corinthians. I think First Second Corinthians. It says that everybody should have a word. Everybody should have a song. And, and that word and song will specifically be done from the platform but mm -hmm. another brother on you know two rows down might need that word or another sister might need that song so that's why it's important for everybody to go to church because everybody has a part to play not just the, the man or the woman on the other side of the pulpit but the revolution is when it moves from the pulpit to the pews and everybody does their part yeah not the watching others do the ministry and that's the essence of ephesians 4 and i i think the church yeah. is still late on this like the, <laughs> these the five equip the saints for the work of the ministry yeah. So the number one way to get in trouble with me on my staff, and some of them are watching, is if you're the only one who can do what you do for right. a long period of time. If you're not, if someone isn't doing it with you, eventually I'm gonna start red flags start going up. You mm -hmm. know, I, I need you to you know, you need to be giving away ministry, or else you're not equipping in the saints for the work of the ministry. Like, and so the idea of like I come in, I've got the, you know. I got the stuff. I got the sauce. I come in, I speak and, you know, drop revelation, preach and leave my book and then leave. That's not equipping the saints for the work of the ministry in its entirety. That's one element of it. Preaching the gospel is important. You know, teaching the word of God is important. Uh, absolutely. Pastoring people, that's important. But getting them in the game, finding their grace lane, finding their passion point, getting them empowered to actually carry the work of the ministry that's the that's the change from the pulpit to the pew, right? We say we let's get the church out of the four walls. Well, 
they haven't even had a chance within the four walls to find themselves. <laughs> right. Yes. What are you doing? Like That's you're gonna so come out. It's a safe place for them to figure that stuff out. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if you had more on that, but. Well, it's, it's needed. And, and that's kind of been the, the whole thing. Um, you know, God is, God's called everybody. Everybody has a calling. Everybody has an anointing. And, and you know, it might be, you know, it, it might be the janitor, but, but the, the janitor was the one that led my family to faith. Wow. And so, um, and so for me, I, I find, I find beauty in every aspect. And I think God, I think we can trust God with the fact that he ordained, anointed and empowered people to have brilliance in so many different places that, that that's the revolution. You know, as I studied Mao Zedong, uh, Che Guevara, Bhagat Singh, all these different revolutions, they would go to the poorest yeah. and they would go to the universities and they would show this picture, this vision of a kingdom of a new world. And then they would say, Hey, do your part, do what you can do to tell your family members, share with a friend, do this, do that. Everybody was empowered. And, uh, you know, now afterwards, it, you know, it turned evil. And then obviously the people in the top only had the power. But on our side, I, I only want the guy at the top with the power. <laughs> yeah. So, but 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 everybody has a part to play. And, and so until the church gets to that, we're not going to see these things that we're praying, we're contending for. And so, you know, a lot, a lot of my book, Storytellers, is about empowering the last person, the last row for the intersection of their testimony in the gospel. So good. So good. I love it, man. This has been so rich. I mean, I feel like we could talk forever, um, but I mean, I'm so thankful for you. I'm going to put the book up one more time. Uh, it is in the uh, description and direct link. So please go get this book. Uh, I'm excited to get my copy in the mail and yes. I, I'm going to read it all the way through. I'm going to devour this thing a couple times. So go get this book, support Mike and his ministry. Um, and Mike, just as you close, is there anything, last thoughts on the, the concept that you'd like to just tie a bow on. And if you want to just make a call right now to those listening, whatever the Lord has on your heart, and even just to sub out to sub out to salvation or to, to empowerment or to whatever. I mean, wherever the Lord leads you, I'd love for you just to bring us to a close here and whatever God has in your heart for that. And to, and then tell them, um, and I'll bring it back around, but tell them where they can find out more about you and everything like that. So for sure. So, um, you know, uh, America's at a crucial moment uh, in many other nations of the world. And so we see economies tanking. We see inflation rising. We see all these evils of the world coming to the forefront. And uh, I, I need you to know, because we read the scriptures, that this is a moment for the testimony of our faith to be lived out in reality. Uh, because I believe the church is going to serve its way into a position of loving those who are in most need. And this is a place where we really bring Jesus to the platform and people understand the revolution is not uh, physical, it's spiritual. Now it will affect the physical, but it's going to start spiritually. And so um, I'm going to tell you the same thing the Lord's been telling me, and, and that's a call to humility. You know, Jesus said, I don't, I don't say it unless I first hear the Father say it. I don't do it unless I first see the Father do it. And so we have to, as a church, come back to that place. Uh, before I got into this podcast, I said, God, I have nothing to offer. I said, if you reveal something to me, I will gladly give freely what I've received freely. I said, but I have nothing to offer on this podcast. And, and I think, um, be it as gifted, as talented, as amazing as you are, um, we have to come to that place that the yes. Father is everything. And we are, we are literally, we, we have nothing but what he has given 
given us. And in that, you know, no man shall glory in his presence. And I think as we come to that place, that's where you're going to see the supernatural. That's where you're going to see the miracles. That's where you're going to see the strategies from heaven. Uh, I, I work in ministry and business and the business. I, I pray for the gifts of the spirit to come in those meetings. And so I want you to take the revolution of the gospel in whatever your, your state may be, a uh, business leader, ministry leader, you might be a, a janitor, you might mow lawns. You have the ability to share the essence of who God is in your everyday. And let me tell you, we need you to do that. We need you to do that. Everybody has to play their part so that Christ, um, it, Christ is going to receive his glory regardless. Yeah. But for us to see God move in the way he wants to move, it's no longer the day where we're praying, God, send a Billy Graham. No, God, send an army. Send an army. We need an army. And so I'd love just to pray and bless y'all real quick. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for Pastor Caleb, Lord God, the team, Father, at the resting place. I just bless them, Lord God, for their hearts. I thank you for Pastor Caleb, Lord God, who has solidified himself to say whatever you want. Aggressive obedience was the first thing he told me as we met. And I've been challenged by that ever since. So I bless this man of God. I bless his wife. I bless his children. I bless his church and his ministry. I pray, Father, for everybody listening, everybody watching this, Lord God, that we would be encouraged, challenged, and, and not left alone until we walk into this place of destiny, Father, that we have your heart and we're able to, out of the overflow and abundance of your love, take the light to those dark places that are so desperately in need of it. So God, I pray, Father, that you would light a fire in the hearts of my brothers and sisters that would wake us up at three in the morning to commune with you. Father, light a fire in our hearts that would take us to the next generation to just sit with them, Lord God, to grab coffee, to grab pizza, to just sit and listen. Father, put a fire in our hearts, Lord God, that'll make us move past uh, the other members of the church to look for the Zacchaeus that are looking for Jesus in very difficult places, that are looking for Mary in the questionable places, Lord God. Let us understand that you within us are still greater than anything that's in the world. Oh, Father, I thank you that the earth is yours and the fullness thereof. May we steward it well for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, bro. Man, thank you so much for being here for that prayer for everything you shared gosh i'm i said it offline i'm glad i got on that plane to new Rochelle, new york and met you dude. Yeah, me too i'm glad you got on that plane too oh man i'm so thankful for this thank you for listening to the caleb hires podcast today i want to help you win the war for love so go to calebhires.com sign up for my newsletter and check out all the amazing resources available there i'll see you soon